All right, everybody, how are we doing today? It is Thursday. It's a Thursday morning here in the United States, which means tomorrow is the Monaco Grand Prix. Yes, the Monaco Grand Prix. I know it's one of the most hyped events in terms of, you know, the celebrities are out, the money's out, everybody's on their yachts. It's practically a home race for 90% of the drivers who use Monaco for more or less tax reasons, but we don't need to get into that. But the Monaco Grand Prix, and we're coming off already a great Spanish Grand Prix, which, to be fair, no one expected the Spanish Grand Prix to be as exciting as it was. Of course, that Grand Prix was helped by the fact that we had a mechanical issue due to uh, Charles Leclerc bailing out early. But, man, we had battles in the midfield. We had overtakes. We had the Mercedes doing what Red Bull again. I mean... It was just good old school fashion fun at the Spanish Grand Prix. And for anybody who's, you know, criticizing these new cars, I think we've seen at, you know, these racetracks where maybe we're saying, all right, like, look at the Australian Grand Prix, Miami, the Spanish Grand Prix. We were saying these were places where we didn't expect overtakes. And yet overtakes were happening and and they were there. So really coming off that we're going into Monaco. There's a lot to be hyped about. And I think one of the first things to start talking about, I mean, it's got to be the talk of the garage, is, is Mercedes back? Do George Russell and Lewis Hamilton now have cars that, as we heard yesterday from Mercedes, can compete for a championship? Can that happen? If you look at the Spanish Grand Prix, the pace that the Mercedes had was insane and total wolf even said that lewis with his pace the way he clawed back after that contact with kevin magnus and that lewis potentially could have fought for the race win and i mean there would be tons of variables uh strategy would obviously come into play as well if lewis was at the top there and i i don't really know how close it would be but there is something there with mercedes and uh could this be could monaco be the place where Mercedes reigns back on top of this, not of this championship battle, but at least sends a message that they are back. Uh, in terms of Monaco, the track itself, you would think, you know, Lewis Hamilton, he's been a strong driver there. I think he has three race victories. Um, there's potential rain on the way too. So that could be an interesting mix. And Lewis is a good wet weather driver. George Russell is a good wet weather driver. Um, so, Monaco has the potential to definitely, definitely be an exciting race. So that's our big question. Has Mercedes really figured out that porpoising issue? And if Mercedes is back, I mean, that's just going to make the championship battle even better, right? I mean, listen, undoubtedly, you got to think Ferrari would be the favorites at Monaco. But Ferrari has been, I don't want to say they've been on the back foot, but They just, it's like the Ferrari of 20, I want to say, what, 2018, right? 2017 when, you know, we saw these flashes of brilliance from the team and then they just sort of started to regress. I I hope that's not true. There is no evidence of that. I'm sure people are getting nervous after the last two races, not so much the Spanish Grand Prix, but after Max won at Miami, um, I'm sure we're starting to get a little nervous too about that. Um, overall though, I think we can, I think it's fair to say that 
if Ferrari, uh, sorry, if Mercedes does have a good weekend this weekend, and if for some reason Ferrari is on the back foot, we could have a three-way battle for the championship. And it could be involving three teams, too, for the constructors. It's still early on. We're only, like, seven races in. Anything could happen at this point. 22 races are on the the schedule. So I think that this could be an interesting championship battle, an interesting championship season. And I know our expectations have been sky high since 2021, since last year, because the action was just crazy that year. But I think this year could end up being better. And that leads us into Monaco. Monaco, there are a few things we need to watch out for. And obviously the one thing we started out with is Mercedes. Are they back? Are they for real? The second thing that really interests me is what's going to happen with Alfa Romeo. That is a team that has looked strong. And they are undoubtedly, I mean, you got to think about it. If you're looking at the constructors, you know, it's Ferrari number one or number two, depending on what week it is. Red Bull, Mercedes now might be even closer in the mix. And then that fourth best team, the best of the rest right now to me is Alfa Romeo. They have amazing straight line speed. They have good veteran leadership in Valtteri Bottas and poor Zhou Guan Yu. I mean, Zhou Guan Yu has just had the worst luck. But he can drive a car too. But Valtteri has undoubtedly impressed. With Who knows, with some better strategy at the Spanish Grand Prix, we could have been talking about an Alfa Romeo podium. For some reason, I'm getting vibes this week that that Alfa is going to be up on the podium. That that Valtteri is going to be there on, I'm going to say that third step. He's going to be there. He's going to be on that podium. And I don't know why I'm feeling it, but I could just see him wheeling that Alfa Romeo to a podium at Monaco where, you know, I mean, Valtteri has been decent at Monaco. What weather might make a difference, but I could totally see that happening. And and right behind them, you know, Alpine. Uh, I like Alpine. Alpine's a weird team this year. They have flashes of brilliance. Their highs are high. Their lows are low. But I want to see them inch a little closer too. Because the way, I got to say, Esteban and Fernando are doing a great job with those cars. And I know people like might want to be critical sometimes of Esteban saying he's not wheeling it as much. But no way. Esteban, if you look at some of his performances, um, he's been doing a great job in that car too. And Fernando... I mean, is Fernando. You can't even say anything about him. He's just a pure dominant. So I would like to see Alpine get up in there as well. The other team to look out for, uh, or driver maybe team, is Ferrari. So Ferrari had an absolute painful Spanish GP weekend, man. Like, it looked like Charles Leclerc was going to just stamp that seal, say, I'm back. The championship's mine. Here's a dominating performance at Spain. Max was several seconds behind, not even close. And then just reliability, man. But that's that's a killer. 
reliability. I mean, it's so obvious to say a DNF is a killer. But, I mean, this is just, it was just bad. I mean, it made you feel like the Charlotte Claire of old where, you know, he's leading the race and then you hear, no, no, no. And, like, you know, his engine power is struggling. You just, you, you just want to, like, you just want to almost cry, you know. And to lose the championship lead in that way due to a reliability issue just sucks. And now we're going to Monaco where, you know, let we let's face it, Charles Leclerc doesn't have the best record. A lot of DNFs. Going back to DNFs are just not finishing. Going all the way back to Formula 2. Going back to his Formula 2 days. And, I mean, poor guy, man. Like, it's his home track. He had bad luck driving an antique car the other day, the Nicky Lauda Ferrari. I hope that his bad luck is done because I don't think I could stand to see another Charles Leclerc DNF at Monaco. You know, and we're going to hear all weekend, the Monagasque. I do love that about Monaco, right? Like, are you really talking about Charles Leclerc if you don't say the Monagasque, like, a million times? Because you know, you know, you know that Crofty's going to be all over that. He's going to be all over saying the Monagasque and talking about the hometown. But, man, I want him to do well in front of his hometown. And, uh, you know, just a good weekend for Ferrari would be needed, I think, to alleviate some Ferrari fans' uh, concerns. The other team that is, uh, well, the other driver, Carlos Sainz, I mean, Carlos too, man, he needs he needs some recovery as well. I mean, took a trip into the gravel at Spain to his home country. Didn't really hasn't really been able to match Charles' performance in that Ferrari as well, which is kind of disappointing because I think a lot of people thought maybe it'd be, you know, one of those Ferrari duels at the top one too, but man, Charles uh sorry, Carlos is just not there yet and I don't know if it's getting used to the car or he's getting used to some other elements. I don't know, but Carlos is just definitely struggling as well. And and that's painful to watch too, you know? The other major thing going into the Monaco Grand Prix weekend, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk, thinking back to the Spanish Grand Prix, right? So there was a lot of talk about Aston Martin and their green Red Bull. And then they kind of... They had the race. They didn't really... You know, during practice, they looked okay. Qualifying time, they looked horrible. They started at the back, Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel. But Vettel ended up wheeling his way to an 11th place finish. So, here's my question. And, of course, you know, that was aided by some DNFs and things like that. But, can... Can it be, or is it possible, for Aston Martin to find their way? Were they collecting data? Were they trying to get used to this new car? Is this new car concept going to work for them? Or is it something deeper? And, you know, there was some pace evidence there. There was flashes of pace. Vettel can still drive a car. Lance Stroll is, you know, inconsistent at best. Um... But 
I'm curious to see what happens this weekend. Will they be able to wheel that car to points finishes? Maybe we'll see some surprises from Aston Martin. I don't know. I don't want to get the hype up too much for them, but maybe we will. Maybe that is potential. The other team that, you know, uh, it was funny because checking out Twitter, there was some big talk. Obviously, a team that has been way under the mark this year has been McLaren. And again, with Lando, they've obviously had some flashes of brilliance, you know, podium here, um, podium there. But with Lando, one of Lando's like driving clearly the best. He's getting the most out of he can, the most that he can out of that car. And Lando doesn't seem to be the issue. Um, Obviously, the car is an issue, too. But there were recent comments from Zach Brown, basically. And this caused controversy, and I I don't really get why. Um, Because Zach Brown was talking about the fact that Daniel Ricciardo has not been or has not delivered for McLaren. And, you know, to be fair, right, he's not wrong. Uh, They paid a lot of money for Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, We've seen what Lando's been able to do. Now, Daniel Ricciardo does have the Monza win, right? But... I mean, other than that, he has been... I mean, if you're talking a driver that has been one of the most disappointing probably in the last two years, it's got to be Danny Rick, right? I mean, I know we were all pumped to see him win at Monza, but other than that, there weren't that many flashes of brilliance. And, you know, you could say it's getting used to the car, that the car is built towards Lando's driving style. Uh, You could talk about those issues, but at the end of the day... We've seen drivers switch to other teams and succeed, even as a number two. I mean, look at Checo Perez. This guy, and and it's great to see Checo on fire this year. But, you know, we've seen other drivers switch teams and succeed. And Daniel's performance is not close to Lando's. And it's it's sad. Uh, It's disappointing. It's sad. But when Zach Brown's saying that Daniel Ricciardo hasn't delivered... He's not lying. He's a CEO. He's a boss, right? You have a job to do. You you have to do... When you're hired, especially when a company shells out that much money for you, you have to do your job. And unfortunately for Daniel Rick, right now, he's not doing his job. He has not had great qualifying moments. He hasn't shown us he hasn't shown the same pace as Lando. And yes, you could say last year you could have said, okay, he had to get used to the car. It's not built for him. And this year you might be able to argue, okay, new car, new regulations. He's still getting used to it. But how many excuses can you give for somebody? At some point you have to admit that he either needs to step up or needs something else that's all I'm saying uh you know very disappointing so far for Danny Rick uh I mean I wish I could say something better about him but right now in this moment and now watch Danny Rick's gonna like go off and qualifying this this weekend which would be great but I'm just saying right now and I like Danny Rick he's an entertaining driver he was when he was at Red Bull even last year that went at Monza he's an entertaining driver Late breaking, 
We've seen his flashes of brilliance at Monaco, at Azerbaijan. But until he proves otherwise, he needs to step up at McLaren. He needs to. Because that job could be in the right. We know McLaren has people waiting in the wings. Colton Herta. Pato Award. He can't afford to have more bad races, more bad seasons. And it sucks, but it's true. So that's something to look out for. I mean, the rest of the season going into the Monaco Grand Prix. Danny Rick loves Monaco. He had a poor performance at Monaco last year. Maybe he'll do better this year. The other team I wanted to hop on. um, Oh, man. Haas. Haas. I mean, that was a disappointing weekend last weekend, too. A team qualified well, or at least Mick did. And then they just botched the strategy. Uh, You know, Mick and K-Mac had... Well, K-Mac just had bad luck, too. I mean, but both drivers, spectacular starts, and then just fell by the wayside. I don't know if it's something with the tires strategy pit stops i i don't know but it is painful to see that team come so close to just like uh, just so frustrating so close they could have had an outing for a double points finish and it just got blown in an instant and now we're going to monaco we'll see what happens hopefully they can score in the points there you know mick had some bad luck at monaco last year so We'll see what happens. Uh, if there's a race where, if there's a track where your skill matters a lot and where it could make a little difference, it is Monaco. So uh, hopefully Haas can do something to rebound. Uh, speaking of teams or drivers with bad luck too, Alpha Tauri. I mean, Pierre Gasly, the last couple of races, just not had luck on his side. I think he had front wing damage at Spain. You know, he had that incident in Miami. Uh, you know, Pierre has kind of been quietly meddling out of the points the last couple of races. And you'd expect more because he really wants, you know, he's saying he's going for that seat in Red Bull. Um, but again, he needs to prove it. And I think he has. But and he's kind of like, you know, toiling around at Alpha Tauri right now. But he really needs some good luck his way, too. So maybe Monaco will be good luck. But props to Yuki Sonuda because if there's a driver that has made a big improvement and I hope it's enough to keep him around is Yuki Yuki scored in the points again at Spain uh he's looked more consistent not making the same mistakes he made last year and I think again if there's a driver that has really really tried to up his level it's Yuki so Yuki I think definitely deserves some praise this year too because you know he had that strong finish at Abu Dhabi last year too just out of the reach of a podium but I think some props need to go to that Alpha Tower driver, Yuki Tsunoda, who's definitely made a significant change in his second year. So uh, another driver to look out for this weekend, too, Yuki. And then we get ourselves into the bottom of the pack. You know, we have our Williams Racing, which... Williams. I don't know really what to say about Williams. Um, I'm trying to say something nice, but... Spanish Grand Prix was not another good weekend for them. Way out of the points. Back of the field. Alex Albon was struggling. Latifi looked, you know, a little better. He finished ahead of Alex. Uh, He had some flashes of 
good moments, but I don't know. Williams is got to be one of the most disappointing teams uh, this year. I think there was a lot of hype for them going into the season, especially with getting Alex, you know, Latifi taking that leadership role in a way, and they've just faltered by the wayside. And now Latifi's job might even be in danger. I mean, with Nick DeVries waiting in the wings, um, I don't know. Williams Racing definitely needs some improvement. They need to change. They they need something. Uh, I don't know what they need, but <laughs> they need to they need to find it soon because another team that has just struggled to adopt to the regulations. And I have a feeling Monaco is going to be painful for them too. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll score in the points. So going to the Monaco Grand Prix, right? We have first practice tomorrow. You know, there's actually remember we used to have that break. We don't have that break. So FP1 tomorrow, FP2. We're getting into uh, qualifying on Saturday, and, you know, it's going to suck because we know these cars are bigger, they're bulkier. Uh, We know that passing and overtaking probably isn't going to be as good, but we'll see. Maybe we'll have some surprises. Maybe we'll have some overtakes during the race. My bold predictions, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. Here we go. I think this Monaco race... All right, I'll start with third place. Third place in the race is going to be George Russell. Second place is going to be Sir Lewis Hamilton. And my bold prediction, not really a bold prediction, but maybe. First place and the winner of the Monaco Grand Prix is going to be the hometown boy, the Monegasque. He's going to reverse his Monaco curse. He's going to have a solid, clean weekend. And that's going to be Shaw Leclerc. Yes, I think we're going to have a George Russell, Lewis Hamilton... And a Charles Leclerc podium, a Charles Leclerc win at Monaco. The hometown boy is going to reverse the curse. We're going to hear the Monegasque National Anthem. The crowd's going to go wild. Then we're going to hear the Italian National Anthem for Ferrari. And everybody's going to be pumped. And we're going to be happy. So that's my Thursday preview. I'm excited for the Monaco race. I can't wait to wake up early and watch it on Sunday. I can't wait for qualifying. Qualifying at Monaco is one of like the greatest things ever to watch because there is so much pressure on the line. So many good laps. I can't wait to watch both FP1 and FP2. And I can't wait to come back to you guys with a report on the Monaco Grand Prix after Charles Leclerc wins on Sunday afternoon. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to follow us at F1 Idiots on Twitter. Also, check out our blog at www.f1idiots.com. Dot com. Thank you, and check you guys out on Sunday.